KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We are live from Surprise Stadium in Surprise, Arizona for Texas Rangers spring training. And, Corey, I feel like maybe you're digging it the most. Yeah, I mean, I love being out here. I always love this trip a lot. But Mike just informed us moments ago that Josh Young will be up here at some point. We'll be able to talk to the Texas Rangers third base. We don't know exactly what Will time. we make reference to the fact that we tried to have him on earlier? And it Absolutely. Didn't work. We, will. we should yeah. get Bochi tomorrow, by the way. What is right. happening, Mike? Look at you yeah. dominating his bullpens. This is great. I love it. I tell you what, it was <laughs> fun going back to the backfields. I saw Ray Davis over there with Chris Young watching bullpens. And, um, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I really thought there was going to be like a, just a little bit more there, but you didn't try and high five Ray or anything, Mike. I mean, he was in a golf cart over to the side, but so you said let's go swing the sticks together later. Yeah, me and Ray going to hang out. <laughs> that, I mean, that would be pretty incredible, I'm sure. All right, so you, I'll be like, do you have enough money for the refill of the chips and salsa? <laughs> <laughs> Poor amigos. They need to change the front the of their menu. My food was fantastic. Man. I had carnitas. It was amazing. And Eric and had that cauldron of meat oh. that looked really impressive. We're thinking about taking Kevin for his first ever in and out burger here. There's a new in and out really close to the stadium. And meat and cheese. I know yeah. that you're a meat and cheese man. But, yeah, we, we might want to video record your first ever in and out burger and then see what you think. I think we do that, and then immediately after that, we go to Sonic and get a corn dog so you can eat it oh, your way. Oh, yeah. Because Sonic, mm. good. Those are the people bringing you our coverage of spring training. So that's a good point. Are you going to go up to the Sonic and be like, no, oh. y'all are bringing us down. <laughs> Don't do that. You will be asked to leave. But you're going to be like, hey, no, y'all are bringing us a spring training, so why don't you bring me a double cheeseburger? Yeah. And, like, just drive off. I think that is going to be problematic for you. All right. Man, can they sugar up a kid at Sonic. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, let's hey, put nerds hey, in yeah, it. Yeah, slushy with nerds in it. It is great. I'm not going to argue. It is a great. Uh, but, I mean, if you want a kid to jump off the walls. We got it. We got more syrup to add to it, too. Really helping out the cause here, Mike. All right, so. Color menu. Cut number six. I'm sure you've seen it or hopefully you heard about it by now. This is Boston and Atlanta's spring training game. And this is kind of, I guess, the new. Normal. Yeah, the new normal for baseball. And so it's bottom of the ninth, tie game, bases loaded, full count. And then this is what happens. Could have run them up easily. Uh-oh. And now what? He's out. They have called strike three. Wow! This is mayhem! Oh! Automatic strike three called with the bases loaded in a tie game in the bottom of the ninth. This is baseball in 2023. All right. So... There's a lot to break down, but obviously the players dealing with it. You heard the announcers. You can hear the fans. At first they go, oh, and then they start booing. Mm-hmm. That- did, did you see the interview afterwards? I didn't. Okay, so what happened is Snitker, if I'm saying his last name right, Brian Snitker, he is the manager of the Braves, and they were the ones that got called out there. Their hitter did got the automatic strike three right there, as he said, you know what, we might use what they might have accidentally did for Boston. The catcher was not set. The catcher's standing up. 
So the hitter's like, I got time. The catcher's not ready. He's just standing up hitting his computer buttons. So the hitter's thinking, well, I've got time because they say be ready, but the catcher's not ready to catch. So it was like a deke of the hitter thinking, like, I'm going to get when the when the catcher squats, I'll be ready. Like, he can't throw until the catcher gets ready, right? And so uh, the manager of the Braves is like, hey, man, that might be a ploy where you can deke a hitter into thinking you still have time because the catcher's not ready either. And, and there's no rule about the catcher squatting. So I just – you saw it already in a high-leverage situation. The discussion was going to be mayhem. You know what I noticed when we got here is there is already pro-MLB or pro-rule change. Propaganda. It is, yeah. yeah, there's a sheet in here. <laughs> MLB's new rules in 2023. A quicker, what fans said that they want, a quicker game played with better pace. More actions, such as stolen base attempts, doubles, triples, and great defensive plays. And it, it just goes on and on and on and on. And then at the bottom of the sheet, eight th it works. 8,000-plus games of Major League, or excuse me, minor. minor League Baseball has been doing this since 2019. With great results, average game length has decreased by 25 minutes. Increase in action included higher batting average and fewer strikeouts and walks. So... This they're like these feel like talking points for us. Small sample size. Spring training games so far. There's only been for most teams, there's only been two. For the Rangers, there's been three. Is you are seeing right now a twenty-three minute uh wow takeoff of games so far in spring training. They're only comparing spring training games last year to spring training games this year. But that's and, a remarkable yes. drop. Yes, and most games now are averaging about two hours and 38 minutes. I'm going off of what I saw this morning from Jeff Passan. Is, uh, it's a 23-minute decline in spring training games, and the only games that have been so far three hours or more, there's been a few, is there's been over 14 runs scored in those games. So you, you're going to have – if it's going to be a three-hour game or longer, it looks like it's going to be a high-inning outcome. The other thing, too, is they can't adjust these things. Because we don't want to see. I think all fans do not want to see. If the Rangers were up with the bases loaded on a 3-2 count, we don't want to see the game end or go into extra innings because of a time delay. Sure. So there can be an adjustment uh, months into the major leagues where they might say, look, we've had too many instances where it's been ball four or strike three in the bottom of the ninth inning. They might take the clock out in the ninth inning. If you've gotten to the point where you're at two and a half hours and you're in the ninth inning, maybe we take the clock out of play in the ninth inning. I'm not saying that's going to happen anytime soon, but they can make minor adjustments here if the fans say, hey, we love the pace of play. We don't love games being decided in the last inning off yeah. of a, a, a clock. And how, yeah. how much of that, fellas, do you think is just this is new to everybody and they have some acclimation time is necessary? Because that's, that's right. the way that I viewed it. I completely agree with you, Reggie. Like, it's like, hey, something new just happened and it decided a game in spring training. But it decided something. And so now we have to, hold on, is that good or bad? And not knowing what the outcome was going to be originally before you put these rules in place, you're kind of like, okay, hold on, now we actually got to see it happen, and you go, okay, did I like that or not? Right. And so I do think that there will – Or a fake steal, like the dude stepped off twice, and you fake steal home, 
you, he was never trying to pick off the guy at third, and he's already stepped off to pick it first, first and third, and then like step off, and then the guy sprints back. You're like, yeah, we won the game, mm-hmm. and it's because it's a balk because yeah. the guy stepped off and didn't get the anybody third, out. Yeah. On like these things are going to happen, not regularly, but then we have to look at it and go. Do we want this late in a game? Because I do love this. I'm going to be honest, and I know most of my former players, MLB alumni, aren't going to like me saying this. I love the pitch clock. I love getting in the box and being ready to hit. But we might get to a point in the ninth inning where we have to go, listen, we've knocked off 20 minutes of this game. Maybe let's not decide the final outcome being a balk or being a time delay situation. That is an interesting evolution that I think you're probably right about that. And Corey and Reggie, there's a couple of Rangers that have already spoken out about this. And the adjustment period is Marcus Simeon said, I had my first at bat and I asked some of the guys in the dugout, when the pitcher was starting, just so I knew how that eight seconds felt. And that honestly That's is interesting. Yeah, as much as working on your timing, they usually mean your timing at the plate. But now it's your timing like literally at the plate, so you make sure you don't miss out or get a strike called or anything yeah. like that. It's like now you put something in the microwave for thirty seconds, you know how far away you can get from the microwave before you have to get back. Man, and it's it's amazing how quickly that falls into and when you're doing that every single pitch four times a game mm-hmm. or whatever the case might be. I bet players become acclimated really quickly, and this is a good sign, at least for the Rangers. Adolis Garcia said, I felt good. This was yesterday. I did not I didn't I didn't like feel rushed. It's different, but I've got time. So that's a good thing. If you're starting and you're already thinking, all right, I think I can get this time down. I think I can get into the groove. That's a great sign for baseball. Can I ask you guys this question? Because I do think you guys are baseball fans, but get yes. frustrated with the time of game. I do too, and I I'm do, and I'm yeah. at the game. But I, I let me ask you, how many more Ranger games will you be into if the ninth inning is starting at nine thirty-five? I, I honestly, instead I, of ten, yeah, fifteen. I do really think that helps I'm a lot. Around for sure be, because. I, it might be different for, like, maybe Stars and Mavericks fans feel different just because you have half the inventory. And then, obviously, you feel different for Cowboys games. But how many days on, like, so let's just say it's Wednesday during the regular season. Do you have your bedtime that you almost feel like, I got to get to bed tonight at 10 o'clock, yeah. no, matter, no matter what happens. And you're not to the ninth inning yet. Exactly. And Especially if you, during school year. Yeah, and if you're, in the, if you're in the middle of, yeah. let's just say May, you're like, okay, so we're at game, you know, what are we, 35? This is not the end of the world, and I'm just going to have to go to sleep. I think I'm. my son is just in love with baseball right now. He's, like, Which is so great. excited about it, and he's like, I can't wait. I want to go to as many Nathan Evaldi. It's weird, you know, who he picks. But I, Evaldi, I yeah. want to go to as many Evaldi games. I really liked him with Boston. I'm so happy he's with the Texas Rangers. He's like, Dad, when you're doing Nathan Evaldi games at the ballpark, can I go to all of them? And I'm like, as long as – and I might feel like this at times. Now, he's getting older with, with bedtime and everything. But sometimes I feel like, man, I'm not getting home till 11.45 after I'm done with the postgame show. That's getting close to midnight. That kind of ruins his day the next day with sleep. But if I'm getting home now at 11 p.m., I know that's different for me because I'm having to stay and do a 45-minute postgame show. But I feel more comfortable taking him to the games if I'm leaving the ballpark at 10.30 instead of leaving the ballpark at 11.15. And maybe for some fans, because, Corey, you've talked about this in the past, especially with school year, is what about the scenario of, ooh, I have to leave at, or we're going to go to the game, but we leave at 9.15. All right, now instead of 9.15 being the fifth inning, yeah, yeah, maybe by this point you're in the bottom of the eighth. 
and it's three to two, and you you're might like, stick it out. Yeah, exactly. And so I kind of wonder about some of the attendance spots, and I know that drives people crazy. They're like, you shouldn't leave the game early. Like, I'm not here to dis- like litigate that at the moment. I just think it could make a difference for some people, especially for your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday games. Can I also alter that question? Because you're talking about the end of the game, but how many times do you put a game on TV and it's just kind of background noise or like something that's happening? I wonder if that pace of play with less gaps or less big gaps between action will keep people involved like i mean we obviously work in radio and we have these things where we talk about like uh quarter hours and like kind of that time spent listening i wonder if that time spent viewing like actively viewing goes up also in the middle of the game just because of like more pace of play in the middle of it that's that's interesting because i always said like soccer is wallpaper hanging uh material for me i can go do something and have a soccer match on and be like oh something happened and in baseball it has gotten that way where there are times where i'm like I can do other things instead of actively being involved in this match, and in this game. I think that's a great point, too, because, like, let's say you're like, I, I want to watch every Jacob DeGrom-Mike Trout battle. And so now you know, hey, I don't need to box out X amount of time or I don't need to pause it on the DVR and fast forward to catch up and everything. You can watch it in real time with, yeah. like, relative lack of agitation. I know we're out of time, but the other thing, too, is they showed, like, five highlights of um, Matt Olson and some other guys hitting ground balls to the right side for base hits. And that is also more of a watching experience, too. They had the second baseman diving for balls to the left side or to his left side, to his glove side, because he's not playing in the outfield. He's having to try to make a great diving play. And, like, look, now you're seeing second baseman once again dive for ground balls, which was almost impossible to see in the last five years of baseball. And we also start paying more attention when there's guys on base. If it is background noise, you hear – First and second with one out. You're like, well, let me watch this. Something could happen here. Runs could be scored here. And so that's what they're hoping to is more base runners are on to kind of get your eyes away from the computer and maybe onto the TV screen. I think Marcus Simeon said this for a very specific reason, talking about the shift. He said, it feels like baseball. There you go. And I do not think that was just a... Oh, yeah, we're playing the game. It felt like, yeah. Well, every great sport, Kevin, has had to answer 2 o'clock, and now baseball also has huh. to answer 2 o'clock, like all the other great sports. Okay. I hadn't really thought about that, but hold are. on. So now baseball is going to be great because yeah. there's a clock involved? We made baseball great uh, Don't recently. be careful. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, we can talk a little bit about stars, that win and that trade. We can talk about Wrexham, but also – I want to know, if you got to interview any living sports figure one-on-one, who would you choose? Tolos, Twolos, let us know. 877-881-1053 or drop it in the chat. That and the giveaway next, right here live from Surprise on 105.3 The Fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan, brought to you by Sonic. Mm. Mm. Good. Oh, Love some right. stuff. The other noises you make, I feel like might drive this. I like away their breakfast burritos. Do, when you eat something that you like, do you not make a? Oh my god, that's good. It, but was when no. you high pitched it that oh. made me nervous. It's like every time Josh Young and he just left. <laughs> every time like, I not. watch like one of those cooking shows or they make something, they take that first bite and they're just like, oh my. Mm, I wish I could describe this flavor. You're just going to have to look at my face and see how tasty this is. Okay. So then I want they use people, words yeah. because they have to. They're like, oh, the spices. We can't taste what's inside their mouth. Right Man, now. and the salt <laughs> goes so well with the meat. So 
It's true. I don't know what to do. Is so basically, mm. we're out here at Stop It Spring Training. Sonic is delicious, though. We're out here at Spring Training, and I already told their PR guy this morning. I was like, "Hey, if there's any way that I could talk to Greg Maddox or we could set that up, that'd what be were really his awesome." Did he? Did he he was like, "Yeah, let's figure it out." And he started looking for him right then. Awesome. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm too nervous right now." And so, if you could interview. Any living sports figure, one-on-one, who would you choose? And feel free to tell us why, because some people just say who they pick. Other people are trying to settle vendettas. Check this out. From the 903, Gretzky. From the 760, Troy Aikman. But from the 254, Dak is who I would interview. And I would just have long videos of his terrible plays and bad picks, one after another, asking why he made this awful decision until he admits he sucks and Tony Romo is reinstated as the quarterback. That's never happened. There's a lot happening in that one. This is really interesting because I recently had a dream, Kevin, that we were covering spring training, but for some reason Tiger Woods and Tony Romo were at where we were, and they were just chatting us up like they'd been listening for a long time, and Tiger was just kind of listening in on us, and Mike said something, and Tiger was like, well, that's completely wrong, and then got in on a conversation, so it was wild. Tiger would be fascinating, but that's what my son told me. He was like, that's because you admire him, and I was like, interesting. I Right now, the person I want to interview the most is Kyrie Irving. I, oh, yeah. I think the dude, and it's not just about basketball. There's a lot of other things I want to know about him and his some of his decisions. He And he's also one of the guys that seems like he's very thoughtful in some of his answers. Uh, some things definitely went wrong in other places for him, but I'm very curious as to some things about his life that I would like to know. But that's, that's right, the current player. But the other one would probably be Randy Johnson. I would love to just kind of chat up with Randy Johnson. Do you want to talk Johnson. about pitching or how he exploded that bird? That's the first question. Is yeah. like, it's photography. Dude, yeah, no, it, you're right. <laughs> yeah. That is something else. Is what led, He was studying photography before he started playing baseball, and he got back into photography after baseball. Hasn't so, he been like at a Super Bowl as like a professional mm-hmm. photographer yes. there? Yeah, and he was the actually, 6'11 dude I, photographing people? I think he was shooting the Eagles. What was that year. word? He was shooting a photographer. <laughs> yeah, um, photographing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I would want because you're be... in the current state. It's not photographist. <laughs> it was... it... What? <laughs> what was that word? <laughs> you put an ed on the end if it's past tense. Okay. <laughs> but I would love to talk with Randy Johnson about like how intense was your whole pitching career. You basically were only ever up one to nothing, and you were always having to pitch in yeah. adversity, dude. Like with with Kyrie, would it help if I wore my Duke blue Kyries? Do you maybe think so. Be like, Those yeah. Shoes are fire. Or maybe what if he didn't love Duke? You know, oh, I don't know. I just feel like I've said this before. I just wonder how protected Kyrie is from the media as in like he's just like, I don't want to do like real like I'll do it. But I'm I've yes, I I know that he's burned himself. Right. I do not want to put the blame on the media. Like at times, yes, the media at times it's just Kyrie doing Kyrie things. But like I just wonder if interviewing Kyrie would be tough to kind of get the interview you would hope for where you'd have a. You'd be talking to the real Kyrie Irving. Yeah, and that, that's kind of like in this question, my dr- it's my dream scenario sure, is it's sure. going to go the way I think it's going to go. And the, and I'm not trying to get anything sensational out of it. I'm just trying to, to get to know the person a little more. I, and I think that that's the person that's playing sports right now that I'm interested in talking so to. So far, you got your answer really wrong. But yeah. It's okay. It's your answer. Yeah, thank but, you, Mike. But, okay. And your answer's wrong, too. Yeah, oh I haven't even given my answer yet. You heard Greg Maddox. Oh, that's there's many others. But, yeah, <laughs> Greg Maddox. I would love to talk to Vince McMahon as well. I don't oh know how well gosh. that would go. But Greg Maddox is 
really high on my list. Michael Jordan. Okay, would you go this route from the 469? I want to interview Michael Jordan because I could ask him to bet me that he couldn't give me $1 million because I know how bad he hates (laughs) to lose bets. So that one would be good for me. I just think Michael Jordan is one of my heroes as a child. He's, in my opinion, the greatest basketball player of all time and just an icon. They're making a whole movie. I don't know how well it will be about his shoes. Like, his shoes are going to live on forever. There's there's no other – He's been retired for two decades, and I just look at the music has come on. We might need to close the doors here. <laughs> but like, All upon a Saturday night. But LeBron's shoes aren't that popular. His, like, LeBron ones, you know, are not, like, that popular. And when you look at other things, like Michael Jordan, I just would think it's great now. He might just trash everybody and everything, but I would love it if he did, and I was just part of it. Just to get to kind of be around him for 10, 15 minutes would be – I would be in awe. I would maybe struggle to do the interview. Yeah, that may, I mean, I could totally understand that part of it is like because you're you're just sitting there going, "He's my hero." It's like uh, you know trying to get a question off to of Kay Adams for me. Uh, the the uh, he did a great job, thanks, man. But yeah, like I could totally see that because and he also has this personality that's a little rigid, where you don't know exactly like when you're going to make him go. You know what? Now it's competitive with you. Now I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna really show you in this interview. I like some of these on the Twitch. I'm looking at Mike's Twitch from Texas Size Rips, Dirk, because he's Dirk from RC Bowen. <laughs> We've got to do yeah. Randy White. We've got yes, to interview Dirk. We did. Uh, that that was, we never got to do him. But. And he was Dirk. And he was Dirk, right? Like, that was he was exactly what Dirk is. Unbelievably. I think the nicest superstar you could ever yeah. meet. Like, you would never know he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time interviewing him. And nothing against the other 20 guys it's just going to probably be a little bit different and then roger staubach came up from the 972 that that's interviewed him yeah that's another one that was super fun and then this one is really intriguing because it could go a whole bunch of different directions from the 214 jim brown or lawrence taylor i would enjoy both of those interviews for a variety of reasons i'm not sure if they would want them to be kind of more like puff interviews or if you could get into like the meat of the things that you would want to talk about with both of those guys. But no doubt, two of the greatest football players of all time. Is it OK to do two guys at the same time with this one? Because like Magic Johnson and Larry Bird oh would be gosh. interesting, right? Like having those two sit down Ooh, okay. together. Here's my question for you, Mike. Yes. You get interview A, just you and Michael Jordan. OK. Interview B is just you. Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Wow. Um, I, I guess I would lean to Michael Jordan, but that is a great question because That's tough. you're getting the people. People don't understand this when they're like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson aren't a top 10 player or, what, or Kobe's better than Magic. I totally get where you're coming from. I don't think those younger people than me understand that basketball was a trash product that nobody wanted to watch. NBA Finals were on tape delay. And Magic and Larry made the NBA. Before that, nothing against Dr. J. Nothing against John Havlicek or Pistol Pete Maravich or Lou Alcindor slash Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Wilt Chamberlain or Bill Russell. It was a sport that was not followed and covered by the United States of America. It was college basketball was popular. Pro basketball was a joke. 
and Magic and Larry were the two people that made basketball what it is today. Even Michael can't. Michael took it to another level with how great he was, the different yeah. way he played, his shoes, all those things. But Magic and Larry they are saved the reason. basketball. Yeah, no, absolutely. A bunch of different types of answers or sports or whatever you want to call them. From the 903 Stone Cold, finish the interview and then slam beers. And then from the 972, I would like to interview the GOAT, John Force, the funny car driver. I'm pretty sure he was in an episode of King of the Hill. Or at least they reference. I can't remember if he was the one they were going to transfer the kidney to or if it was a different person. But, I don't know this story. Yeah, well, it, it was a King of the Hill episode. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. No, they were at the funny car races, and one of the drivers, I can't remember if it was John Force or if it was a different person, and they were just excited to see John Force. But, yeah, that comes up in a King of the Hill episode. From the uh, 785, OJ, OJ, oh OJ. Oh, I mean, look. Man, people really love OJ Mayo, man. That's crazy. I don't think it was Rick for Carlo, OJ Mayo. Ripped the ball out of his hands during a timeout said, late in the get year. Get off my court. Do you think, let me ask you this. We get offered to interview OJ Simpson. Do you think people would be mad he was going to be on the show? Or do you think people would be like, I want to listen to this and see I mean, what the hell's going to happen? still to this day one of the most captivating things around. Like it is why, you know, you, you want to, and also he's gotten to a point where you don't know what he's going to say, you know, like he'll say sure. some things and you're like, did he really just say that? So like, yeah, that, I think that like the, for that purpose, people would be, I don't think that they would be mad that we were, we were interviewing him from the two one four. I want to talk to David risky to get dirt on Bassick. We also have votes for Jim Abbott, Deontay Wilder, Is that like Ryan Drees texting him? <laughs> I mean, it might. I don't know. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. There, there are so many great ones. And so that's why I'm really optimistic. And We've already talked with him about potentially getting Greg Maddox on the show. I'd be for stoked. You, for you, it's Greg Maddox here. And it would be amazing. Like If I was sitting down with Greg Maddox, it'd be amazing. As I got him to autograph a baseball for me one time. And I thought, he does not care for me at all. As he <laughs> scribbled something on the ball. And that's his real autograph. I... We'll be very excited to interview Jacob DeGrom at some point. I, yeah. I think that we will get him, whether it's here in spring training, during the season. Uh, but I just think that would be amazing to enter. Arguably the best pitcher in the game. Yes. Now, he doesn't really get that anymore because of injury. But mm -hmm. when he's healthy, he is the best pitcher in the game. He just has to be healthy. And so that will be really fun at some point that the Rangers have the best pitcher in baseball on their team right now. This is and Mike tomorrow morning. I think that's like first thing we need to try to do is walk into the clubhouse and just try. Now that we know tall. how to get in. Since I was since I was next to him, he is really tall. And being next to him, he's not. I think Colby Lewis did a good job. I saw Colby back there too. Is he's not as thin as you might think in person, but he does oh, wear really? baggy pants too, which doesn't Makes help out the situation. Thin. So here's. One of the ones, Kevin. I'm sorry, he's not alive. But I wanted to bring this up for a, for a very specific for a very specific purpose. Is I would have loved the opportunity to talk real hitting with Tony Gwynn, and yeah. we had Tony Gwynn Jr. on last yeah. year a number of times. And I, I was wondering from our audience if they wanted us to have Tony Gwynn Jr. back this year. Somebody mentioned it a couple days ago, and I was okay. like, Oh, yeah. Do, do we want to bring him back? Because I thought he was he was fun to talk to. I know the Rangers didn't have a lot going on at the time, but I think he's always fun to talk to. So that was when I've talked with him a couple times. I kind of felt like I was talking to Tony Gwynn in that manner. Yeah. But that was but that, that was my specific purpose was: Do we want to bring Tony Gwynn Jr. back because he's always a joy to talk to? 
Nelson Cruz, Barry Bonds, Jordan, Bo Jackson, Steve Rose, Steve DeBerg. You know what? Both of you two shut up. We could interview Steve DeBerg, I'm sure, if we just put some effort into it. I agree. I just I mean he's very difficult to find. What? No, he's not. It's yeah, like we could find I'm him. not even sure if he has a phone. You know, because why would he need one? You know, because he can contact whoever he wants just by hollering something out. You know, that's that's the thing about Steve. He's a very private man. Uh-huh. Dennis Rodman, Mike Tyson, Conor McGregor. So a bunch of great ones. And so I'm really hopeful that we'll get Greg Maddox. We got Mike Likes it coming up in just a second. I wanted to go ahead and throw this out. If we can go to cut number one real quick, because the stars on a couple of different fronts were putting in work yesterday. Rope hints a chance to win it for Dallas, looking for the first shootout goal of his career. He's 0 for 7. Slowly to the net, he scores! And the Stars, with a come-from-behind win, tie the game in the final minute and win it in the shootout 3-2. So a bunch of good things happening there because, first of all, the Stars did get the two points when it seemed like for a minute they were on the cusp of getting no points, and then they also won in a shootout. We've talked about whether it's shootouts, overtime, or just general record in one-goal games. It has been abysmal, so good win for them on that front. Does that mean it fixed everything for you? I don't think I would say that. but You needed you, a larger sample size. Then, is what you're or saying. maybe you needed that and a trade. Or maybe we just stay out of these these kind of situations, just go outscore everybody by six hey, and look, we don't have to worry about it. There was overtime. a time early in the season when that was kind of happening. They were just chumping folks out by three or four goals. Ooh, but the, the Stars and the Canadians essentially traded players that they were like, hey, you're good, but maybe it's not working at this point in time. So the Dallas Stars send off Denis Gurionov to the Montreal Canadiens for Yevgeny Dodonov. And so they make the trade there. We'll see what kind of impact, because I know a lot of Stars fans were getting frustrated with Gurionov in general. I'm sure that he was getting frustrated with how the rotations were going and whatnot. So player for player swap right there. And then I wanted to throw this out there. I know we have some of them in our audience that are definitely invested in this, is the Arlington Renegades went on the road yesterday against Reggie's favorite team, the Roughnecks. And they lost. I imagine me having a favorite XFL team. That's cute. <laughs> hey, it's it's Houston, right? They're representing for you. They lose twenty three to fourteen. So now the Renegades even up their record at one and one this season. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on one hundred five through the fan. We got Mike likes it in about mm, fifteen. Let's give something away! Yay! Oh my God! In this little building, color number ten no. will win a four pack of tickets. They're like, what the heck? <laughs> a four pack of tickets to the Good Guys Truck Lone Star Nationals happening March tenth through the twelfth at Texas Motor Speedway. You can buy tickets at Good Guys. Let's try that. Good-guys.com. There we go. Or you can win them for free. We'll be doing this giveaway all week long. Caller number 10. Get that four-pack. 877-881-1053. And now, how about some Mike likes it? All right. I just talked about Jacob DeGrom, and maybe I get pushback on he's the best pitcher in baseball. Well, MLB has the odds out. The Cy Young odds in the American League. Hopefully you weren't just looking at my computer. Oh, I I was not. I do not have it up. 
Where do you think Jacob DeGrom is? You don't have to put the odds right now, but do you think he has the best odds, the third best odds to win American League? I'll say fourth best odds. Okay. I'll say third. Third? You guys are both wrong, but if you take, you said fourth? Fourth. You said third? Uh Uh-huh. What's four minus three? One. Is he's first? Five to one. He has the best odds in Vegas. If you are betting on American League Cy Young, it's not the best, right? Because you'd want better odds. It's five to one for Jacob DeGrom to win the American League Cy Young. So that's, that's what you have here now is we're in Surprise, Arizona is the odds are out for Cy Young. Jacob deGrom wow. is number one. Number two, would you guys try to – it's it's not easy if you guys want me to just go down the list and talk about the guys. If you want to try, try to take a list on who's just – who's right behind them. No, I got it. Martin okay. Perez, then John Gray, uh-huh. then Eovaldi. You're correct. That, that is not correct. Okay, you're wrong. It is Yankees behind him. It is Garrett yeah, Cole. Cole at 7-1. to one. Uh, You did have – Carlos Rodon, who I know that Derek Holland really yeah. wanted uh, the Rangers to get, uh, he was nine to one. Can I ask you a quick question about that? Because I, I know Derek's feelings about that. Yeah. Are you happier that we got Degrom than Rodon, or would you have switched it given the concerns that can come along with Degrom? Now that it's done, I'm excited. I just don't think there would be the hype if Carlos Rodon right. was here. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Jacob Degrom is such a huge name and, and such a big player in Major League Baseball that I totally get Jacob Degrom because if he's healthy, Carlos Rodon can never be as good as Jacob Degrom if sure. they're both healthy. Uh, you know. Nothing nothing against him. It's just that's how good Jacob DeGrom is when he's healthy. But I totally get hey, it's like Anthony Davis last night against the Dallas Mavericks. You know what? You might not you might pick Anthony Davis over um I mean in a way I wouldn't do this, but I'm throwing him in this conversation. If Anthony Davis was healthy as much as Nikolai Jokic was, you'd have a conversation on sure. who's the better big guy, sure. Jokic or Anthony Davis, but it's not a conversation because of the injury history. By the way, Carlos Rodon, I had him up one spot too early. It is uh, after Garrett Cole, it's Dylan Cease okay. at, at 9-1, to one, and then Carlos Rodon at 10-1. Okay. He's pretty good, huh? But that gives you an idea on, on Jacob deGrom and how great this could be. Now, there was big news. Now, I'm going to talk about baseball cards, but not really baseball cards. There was. Were you there for our conversation this morning? That oh my gosh, you were you not. You weren't there. Okay, oh, can we tell Levi. you baseball card news? All right, all right go ahead. All this right, is great. Levi Weaver with the Athletic is he is working on a series of kind of talking about cards and opening cards with the players because they had the tops tent out here and they like oh early, not yeah, today was it no I think like earlier like last week and they brought players <laughs> they in there give away free boxes and stuff and they were signing cards and everything like that so tops has already been out here and okay. now we're, we can probably open cards with some of the players but he did talk with DeGrom he posted a picture of it Mike he was talking with DeGrom DeGrom was opening a pack with him and guess what he pulled a Jacob DeGrom card. Okay. He, he wanted to say a Julio one-of-one one autograph <laughs> or something like that. Well, so in the world of baseball cards, two years ago, there was this prospect who was 18 years old. He's 20 years old now. His name is Jason Dominguez. If you're following baseball a lot, you know who I'm talking about. He is considered two years ago the next Mickey Mantle. I'm not making this up. He's a switch hitter for the New York Yankees and a center fielder. And at 18 years old, he was dubbed the next superstar of the New York Yankees. He's a switch hitting center fielder, can't miss guy. 
he did not have a great 2022 minor league season. It wasn't bad. He was 19 years old, made it up to double A. But he wasn't as fantastic as everybody thought. And they're like, okay, he's going to probably need a whole nother year in the minor leagues. And he's only 20 years old. So he's going to play this whole year, most likely in double A at 20 years old. Well, on Saturday, MLB Network's game on Saturday was the New York Yankees and Philadelphia Phillies. What did Jason Dominguez do? Smash he hit a bomb ball. in yeah. the fifth inning. And so because of that, all of a sudden, his cards rose back up, like took a 20% increase. And it's amazing to me that a spring training game can yeah. do that to a prospect. So when people are asking me about kind of stuff like this, there's another guy who has two home runs in two games right now. Justin Voskew. That is true. I haven't looked at his cards. <laughs> okay. But I have looked at the starting, The starting. Um, I want to say, He's going to have to start somewhere, but it's Jordan Walker of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. So he's considered a top five prospect in all of baseball. He has two home runs so far to start spring training, so people are getting really excited about him. The reason I say I'm not exactly sure is he plays third base, but there's a dude named Nolan Arenado who's a top ten player in all of baseball. Yeah. So I need to kind of look and see what they're going to do uh, with with Walker and where he's possibly going to be. But I think they feel like he's ready for the major league. So this is a guy to follow. If somebody's like, Hey, who do I follow? Who do I look at? Jordan Walker uh, is a guy to really follow with the Cardinals. He could be a really special player, but I'm not exactly sure where he's going to start off. Uh, I think maybe left field is where they're going to move him. And people don't remember this, but um, Albert Pujols started off as a third baseman. Then they had to move yeah. him to the outfield. And then because they had, I believe I'm not hundred percent sure they got Scott Rowland, And then he moved to first base, which was honestly going to be his position. But you know, sometimes guys move around and it's not their natural position, but they're hoping Walker uh, can be their everyday left fielder. He's off to a great start. Now, another Mike likes it. This isn't too much. Mike likes it. I'm going back to the Dallas Maverick game yesterday yeah. afternoon as a lot of Mavs fans are disappointed. I am too. I'll say this. I'm kind of glad I didn't watch it live because I think I would have been more mad, mad uh, uh, having a 27-point lead in the second quarter. And it, it got all the way down to 14 at halftime. That's the one thing about this lead is you, uh, you get a 27-point lead midway through the third quarter. Come on. Like, that's pathetic. Yeah. I understand. Like, it's still bad. Every team has won the game. You're up by 27. Usually a team runs out of energy somewhere in the fourth quarter having to come back from that. But because the Mavs just have no depth on this team uh, and, and they're dealing with two players and then I don't know this. This is where I'm going with this, guys. I'm going to ask this question, and maybe this isn't fair to Jason Kidd. Do you think that Jason Kidd was actually a good coach last year or anybody who would have been a player's coach would have succeeded after Rick Carlisle? I, I hear what you're saying on the second part. I, I just I did think he did a really good job last year. Yeah. So I will say I thought he did a great job as coach last he year. He got buy-in. And like that's, that's the most difficult thing, I think, to get as a coach is to get your entire team to buy in that – to believe that what they're doing or what they're being asked to do is going to work. And that's the thing that he did last year. Now, when it comes to the chess match on the court, I don't know. But he is one of those guys, Mike, that wants the players to have a lot of control of what's going on on the court because, he's like he said, he can't do it. So, 
I think it really kind of depends on what you expect of a coach. But last year, I and I don't know all the details of everything, mm-hmm. I thought the biggest key was that he got the buy-in without having all the talent. Okay, I agree with what you guys are saying there. I do think there's a little bit of as long as you got in a competent coach and nothing against Rick Carlisle. I love Rick Carlisle. I think he's a great coach. He's doing a good job in Indianapolis. I think that he is a very good coach. But I think his time had run out in Dallas, especially yeah. with Luka and probably – Whoever the Mavericks got, they were going to get better buy-in. But we're seeing the same situation that Rick Carlisle ran into his last year. And, Reggie, I'd love your uh, opinion here because I know we, we haven't been on the show consistently. I feel like the Mavericks have gone back to not yesterday, but have gone back to you're not exactly sure if they're going to try hard every game. Ooh, what do that, you think of that? That's interesting. Uh, the, the thing that I have noticed that kind of goes along with that is Every once in a while, especially against the Lakers, where they were getting into the paint, um, when you find that ball reach the paint, you see Mavericks just kind of watching. Yeah. So I do see them kind of standing around sometimes, and I wonder if that is like the effort that you're talking about. Um, but yeah, no, that's the thing that I notice. I don't know how much I want to point to the idea that like they're not trying hard, but I do catch them kind of people watching at times instead of like yeah. you know being involved in the full action of the defense. So I don't know. I don't know exactly what to attribute that to. Reggie, I want to play this one more time. I know we played it earlier in the show, but I want people to hear this again if they were if they were too mad or didn't want to listen or don't listen to press conferences. I want to go cut back four. to cut four yeah. and Jason Kidd on uh, the situation of the Mavericks are losing this 27-point lead and Jason Kidd really doesn't do anything about it. And here was his response to that question. Yeah, I'm not the savior here. I'm not playing. I'm watching just like you guys. And as us as a team we got to mature you know we got a lot of new bodies coming back and we got to we have to grow up if we want to win a championship there's no young team that's ever won a championship uh, mentally or physically and so um, just to see how we could respond um, again two and a half quarters we're playing at a high level on both ends uh, offensively and defensively but what the lakers just showed us is that it's not it's not a race it's not the rabbit who wins it's the turtle and, and they, they work the game, and, and that's where we have to get to. We have to get better at working the game, and uh, we will. And I, so I, I do think that that is way more of a shot at Luka than it is at Kyrie. Now, he has two guys to work the game, so I understand that. But when you look at Luka Doncic, this is the franchise player. He is the savior of the Dallas Mavericks. You do have to surround him with more talent than just Kyrie. So the very beginning part, you thought that part of I'm not the savior was okay. That's, I do think that's not that, that hey, Kyrie's the savior here. I, I think Kyrie is the major helper. Uh, but I, I understand what you're saying. I just think this, my question to you, because nothing's worked. Nothing has worked with Luka and taking his distraction away from the referees. If if a call doesn't go his way for almost a minute and a half of the game, he's quit basketball, yeah. and he has now decided basketball isn't worth it, debating the referee, and he's not going to change his call. I don't know I how. I don't know how he's going to get the – for one time in his life, he's never – he's argued this much, and no ref has stopped the game and said, timeout, we're going back 20 seconds. Luca was right. He screamed at me for 20 seconds without playing defense, without playing offense. We're actually going to stop the game and go back 20 seconds. He's made his point, and he is right, and I am wrong. Do you think what Jason Kidd just did, because this was on this morning, I saw it on national television. They obviously were talking about the Lakers, but they were talking about what Jason Kidd said, and they took it as Luca. 
Do you think this getting national attention will change Luca at all with the referees and his distraction level? It may it may make him a little more like I have to be better for my team, like more than anything, just a little bit though. I think he thinks he's politicking on every every time that he does it. That he's going to get a call later because he argued with that guy about that call, and now you owe me. I think that's what he thinks is they're they're going to. I'm banking here, where it's really just more like you're trying to embarrass me, and that's not cool. Luca loves to embarrass the opponents on the court, right? He does. He loves that, and so that's what he's trying to do with the referees. And the referees are like, I'm the one with the power here, so that's not going to work. But politicking, I think, is is much better. And I think Jason Kidd probably needs to be involved in teaching him how to politic at a little. At a little better pace there. Oh man, did you have any interest in hearing Kyrie? Because I yeah. know I know some people were like, "Well, Jason Kidd can't even draw up the inbounds play." Kyrie cut number five here. This was his take on what went wrong on that inbound play with like what fifteen seconds, whatever it was right. in the fourth quarter. It happened so fast. I thought Luca uh, needed a little bit more room, so I threw it towards the backcourt because I thought Jared Vanderbilt did a great job denying him. So. I thought he was just going to let it bounce like twice and then go grab it. Uh, but once I saw him try to save it from half court, I looked at him maybe like a minute later and was like, I, you know you can go back court. And he was like, ah, oh, man, that's my fault. I was like, yeah, it's all good. I, I mean, this is what it's going to be like when you're learning in game with one another. It's not going to look pretty all the time. But um, just got to enjoy the process the same way wins and losses come. But uh, I know that moving forward, we'll, we'll definitely be more aligned. And coming out of that timeout, we'll have a, a better play. And I just wanted to throw that out there in terms of, like, Kyrie was just saying, me and Luca weren't on the same page. I thought he was going to do it this way. He had a different interpretation. So I thought there were were problems with Kidd yesterday. I don't know if that would be the one I would put on him. Yeah, I wouldn't put that on him. The other thing, too, is I do put this on Jason Kidd. Luca can't get open late in games. We've seen this now. If you're watching the Mavericks, that is not – he can't get open. Why isn't Luca, who's the best passer, passing in the ball That's right there? That's a good question. Pass it in. Kyrie can jab step and, and be a lot quicker getting wide yeah, open yep. on an out-of-bounds play. So I do put some of that on Jason Kidd. Jason, Luca can't get open. Setup, yeah. you, Luca should be yeah. passing in the ball. There's plenty of time to get the ball back to him if you need it. But Luca is not your closer if he needs to get open on an out-of-bounds play. He can't get open. It doesn't matter if it's Vanderbilt. It doesn't matter if it's Marcus Smart. As long as you put a good defender on him, Luca cannot get open without the ball. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 mm. The Fan. Brought to you by Sonic. Every time you hear that, that's uh, in reference to Sonic. It's getting closer to happy hour mm-hmm. at Sonic. Coming up next, it's time for the C-Block starring Corey Majors. Man, we, let's talk about all the granny slammers. Grand slams. What? Grand slam records and stuff. Next.